You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, the Pusik says, hmm. So it means, now this was what Amos was giving Teichacha on Klau Yisrael. Klau Yisrael, during the time of the first base of Mikdosh, was very involved in their own Hanoah. They just wanted to get the best and the best. They wanted to spend money on the best things to make their body feel good. So the Pusik says they got the best oils. They didn't, they didn't spare any expense on the oils. Reishishmonim. So, uh, uh, Parshanut from Shmuel. What was that talking about? You remember Shmuel? Is that Plaitoin? That's what we've been talking about, this Plaitoin, right? Which is Shemana Parsimon, as Rashi says. So, the question is like this. Uh, on that, uh, Rabbi Yisif asked. He said that we know Mesa Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef asked from a Brisa. The Brisa is based on, as you can see, a Tesept and Saita, where they talked about all the things that Chazal were Gezer, that the weddings and other things like that should not be as expansive. And what do we see? It said, one Brisa says, Apo Platon Gozer, that they weren't supposed to use Platon anymore, that the Kalas at the weddings should not uh, anoint themselves with this Platon smell. Rabbi Huda ben Gozar. Rabbi Huda ben Bova. Rabbi Huda ben Bova was Gozer after the Horban. He says like, the weddings have to change. And they didn't admit. The Chum say, no, no, you can you can have Plaitoin. We're not going to stop the Kawas from having that. Hmm, let's think about it. If you're going to say that uh, Shmuel was right, that this was what we were lambasted by the Nevi'im for, the Novi said, all you could deal was with, with, with your Plaitoin, and that's part of what brought the Hurban was involvement in these type of, this, this specific type of Kashmir's thing, if that's true. Then Bubba, uh, then, uh, reviewed him and Bubba had a good point. That should have been outlawed. Hmm. Lutaymech, Abayu said to his Rebbe, Rebbe Yosef, you want to say that if something was mentioned as a, a, a negative thing by the Nevi'im, as one of the indicators of the excess of the Jewish people, then that should conversely become usur after the Chorban, because it's like a simit of what brought the Chorban. If that's true, Rebbe, with Taimeich, we know Amos talks about the Hanhoga that they had. What was the Hanhoga that they had? Hanhoga they had was, I show you some Mizrakeyayan, that they used to basically drink out of these Mizrakeyayan at their parties. Now, what did that mean? What, what, what was the, wrong with the way they were drinking? Rabami Verbasi, Chadamar Kanishkoin. What is the Kanishkoin? The Kanishkoin is a specific way of drinking. Rashi, I think, is going to explain it. Um, look at Rashi. Rashi says, Klis Chuchis Orach, Veloshne Piot. In other words, it was a glass uh, item. It had two. Uh, uh, openings to it, two places like, like where you could stick straws in. The yai nizrak and the wine would go from one to the other. So it's sort of like, sort of like it, it showed the ultimate grub kite. Like we're, like we're, like we're imagine uh, uh, at a soda shop, you know, at the like in the old fifties and sixties, and you're, they're, everyone, two the lovers were sucking up uh, the, the the ice cream sundae together. There it was these grub of people like drinking the wine together from from this item. It's like I can't get enough of it, and like we're bonding together over this great drinking thing. That's what they used to drink. Hashosim b'mizrik ayayin. 
Chadomar, um, no, it wasn't that. Mizarkin. The word Mizrake means they actually, in other words, the first shot is going is that like the straw and everything would bring wine from one uh, section to the other. Uh, the other way is they actually had like a game they used to have. What was the game? That you would do what? That you would throw the cups one to the other. Eh, take some, take, throw the cup, throw the cup. Like they would like a game out of it. Like that's how um, grub they were. It's like we were so wealthy, we could just throw the cups of wine and enjoy it. Ha ha. So, are you going to say because Amos gave Tochacha, it should now become Osir? That what? Harabba Ravunikula Be Rejkalusa, Vishosa Bekanishkin. We see that, that he came to the Rejkalusa, and at that house, they were also engaging in that sort of excess behavior, and yet he didn't say anything. Well, Ravu Amida didn't give him Musa. Rabbi Ravunishriv told the Rejkalusa, we don't do this after the Horbin. It must be like this. We have to understand. Call me they the Isbe Tainug, the Isbe if the thing that 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 they did um, before the Horbin had not only was fun, but also generated like an elation that's called Simcha, so there Chazal say you can't do that after the Horbin, and that the weddings that has to be outlawed. Avomide di ispe tainug. The less bay simcha, if it's just tainug itself, like the oil, the oil didn't generate simcha. So there, that, enachinami, that is legoso rabbanan. And that's the reason why they disagreed with the Rehuda ben Bava. Okay? So it really depends. There was a, uh, there was, uh, obviously, you know, you want people to have a consciousness, like we saw by Sandal Amasumer. You want people to have the consciousness that something terrible had occurred, something terrible could still occur. We're to blame. We're not living in the same life that we lived before. But you have to know how to do it with a balance. So things that are overboard, those are not done anymore. There's a say we're not doing it anymore. But something that was involved in Tainuk, okay, look. We all know that we don't have the situation we had when we had our country in Eretz Yisrael. We had the Beis Hamikdash, and we had our own independence. We had everything. We know we don't have that anymore. But certain things Chazal felt are overboard. Certain things are not. Uh, knowing that balance is important. The Pasuk also says, what did they do? They slept on these ivory beds, right? And then it says, so we're not sure what that means, Saruchim. We know Saruach, we'll see in a minute, Machlik is what that means. Amrab Yesir Rabchanina, what does it mean that they were being Saruach by their beds? Well, Arumim is not the problem. There people slept naked in that time. The point is, instead of like doing the, the normal thing, which is finding a place in your house where you urinate, they would actually get up and just urinate right in front of the bed. Hmm. So that is what Yesi Bechina says, and that was a very negative thing of, of the Novi was giving them Musr. So on that, Megadif, that's in this week's Parsha, by the way, of course, if you're going to do the Parsha, but Megadif, Rabbi Baba got upset. He said, no. He says, I, I, if you think that's terrible, what does Amos say right after that? What does the Pasuk say afterwards? In other words, and now you're going to go into Golis because of that. In other words, because of what you did, now you're going to be paraded and it's clearly you're going to be exiled. Is that so terrible? 
okay, Mishum de Mishtanen, Mayim, Bifnei Mitoisei, and Arumim, just because they urinated like that, the Yiglu Beresh Goyim, we should send them out. Oh, you see how terrible the Jews were? What does it mean, Seruchim? What did that mean? These were people, they had parties, right? And you invited, you know, people say, yeah, I want that couple over, that couple over. And then what would happen after the party? <laughs> then they would put their beds together. And of course, you'd call your honey bunch over, your wife. And then that would be the game, the wife swapping. And then, oh, yeah, okay, that's the game. Yeah, we would drink, and then, yeah, okay, here's my wife. Here, yeah, I'm with this guy. And not only would they copulate in front of each other, but it would be obviously, that's what Masrichen means. And that's, of course, a reason to go into Golis. You see what happens when you have these type of excesses. It's not only Caligula in Rome. It sounds like that's the way Claudius Rome never was, and, and at least uh, by the aristocrats in that kufa. Not just you know we happen to, we think that those swingers only started in the sixties. <laughs> there were swingers in those times as well. There's three things that if you do them, uh, that's a segula. Unfortunately, to not have money. What are they? That's one thing. Person who, as we said before, uh, he does something like a grub poor guy, he's going to get poor. Somebody who could really be makbid on washing his hands before uh, he eats bread, and he doesn't. Or when he wakes up in the morning, possibly. And and his wife curses him out in front of him. <laughs> okay, some of us, some of us, it's happened enough to some of us, I think. <laughs> I wouldn't say clothes, but it's, uh, to me, it's just as bad sometimes. But yeah, so what are these things? So I'm asking my, but maybe they'll say, oh, um, that's going to lead you to become poor. I'm a rubber, i got to worry about becoming poor in these terrible economic times. That's if he does the grub thing of actually tucking his face towards the bed. But look, if he can't make it to the bathroom, he doesn't have a bathroom close. At least he's not turning, you know, he's urinating away from the bed. Not like he's turning around and urinating right where he sleeps. His body is separating the act of urinating from the bed. Maybe then he'll wipe it up. Right? And when are you considered a grub that you you deserve your poverty? Is only said, that's where you urinate right onto the ground. Remember, of course, their 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 homes, most of them were not uh, floor. They didn't have uh, like we do. It was just the earth itself. Albamana, but if you have like a, a a urinal that you urinate in, less one, but it's not so terrible. It's not considered. It's not considered a grub guy that that that's doing something uh, that's so bad. What does that mean? Your mezalzo. It means you mamish don't wash your hands. Yeah. Let's say you're cheap and how much water you use, right? You only use like, yeah, or vias is all you need. Okay, I barely use your vias. I got water. I got my problem with my well. I'm only using a little bit of water. But that what Rav has said is wrong. Why? That was Rav's eventual father-in-law said what? 
I would actually uh, wash my hands with more water than I needed. And using more water, you hear this, maybe we should do more of this. And I'm going to get a lot of positive things. God gives me a lot of taifa. So if you, if you actually are, do use more water, as you can see from the Tzadik of Chista, that you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will hopefully be mashpiyah on you. In other words, why is she getting upset at you? In other words, she's saying, "How come you don't give me the rings? How come everybody? I don't have the. I don't have the. I don't have the necklaces. Everybody else has." Okay, That's only who the of it. That's only if he has the money to buy it, and he doesn't do it. Okay, now we're going to be quoting these Psukim and Yeshai to talk about um, the what the Benos Tzion were and the types of clothing they wore and how non-Sneas they were. Let's see. Darash Rabbah Berei Derav Eloi. Maidichsiv, the Pesach says, V'yemer Hashem, Yan Kigovel Benos Tzion. They're so haughty. What? Shoyumahalchais Bekumazekufa. They would walk like, like, like they were the bell of the ball. Right, and they would try to be as tall as possible, like these uh, on the catwalk, right, on the right? on the like the models. and how do they walk? What does that mean? Goren with their neck stretched. In other words, they'd walk so slowly that they'd have one uh, uh, the the the. Uh, the sole of their foot, the back, the back of the foot, not the sole, the heel of the foot, would be right by the toe of the other one. In other words, it's like you're so tall, you got to tiptoe because you right, you can't walk fast. It's like I'm so careful the way I'm walking, right? And of course, what's the reason why they would do that? Because they wanted people to check them out, and that's the reason why they walk so slow in the street. Also, umisakaros enayim, right? What does that mean? Their eyes, the Pusik says, were like, it had a certain makeup, makeup on them. Davi molen kuchu right? They had all this blue makeup on their eyes to make them look prettier when they would bat their eyelashes, right? Umiramzain, and what would they do? What they would do is, is that they would sort of like wink because the, eyel- the eyes were very prominent. And they'd be linking. Haloch v'tafof, the Pasuk says. What does that mean, haloch v'tafof? So it sounds like they were almost like floating, these women. In other words, they would try to walk like in a special way to make this catwalk. They would have like a tall, pretty woman next to a shorter one, a more petite one, as if you know, she, look how great she looks. In other words, look, in other words, look how tall and, and, and majestic she is. So that was a way to get, you know, the tall people interested in the tall one. What does it say further in the Pasuk? It says, uh-huh. It's almost like with their feet, there was poison coming out of their feet. And what does that mean, really? Rav Yitzhak Tebe Rav what they would do was they would stick into their shoe all these type of myrrh and a parsimon, which we know smelled so nicely. And then 
They would go to King George, right? They go to Mach Meuda, go to the places where everybody was hanging out. Guys were going there, Yeshiva Bachram were going there to get their the bananas or whatever it was they needed for Shabbos. And then they would get close to the yeshiva guys, and the guy's got his the guy has got his head in the Gemara, he's not looking up. But this uh you know, this trumped up uh, strumpet <laughs> would be what? Bayetes. She would give a kick. Bakarka. And what would happen? Umatiza And that all that perfume would come out on them. And then, even though they might have had their heads in a safer up until then, that's why the Pasuk says that it's like, that's what it says, like a snake, like a snake's poison. Okay. Um, and what was it like? It was like, it was like the snake, that's ta'aksana. It's a type of, it's a type of snake. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but it is a certain type of, of snake. And okay, that's okay. My Puranosaya, what was the punishment that those women got? What does the Pusik say over there? The same Pusik in Yeshaya. You, know, you read it, it's, it's, it's a pellet to read it, and it's a, it's a big muster to read it. What does it say? It says, Instead of having all these beautiful smells, mak What does that mean, mak? The places where they had applied all those perfumes, Nasa, Namakim, Namakim. It was like it became the skin started peeling away. The skin started eating away like a leper, like a real, like, like the skin was like started peeling away from those places. The Pasuk also says, right? Where they, where they were belted, it was bitten. What does that mean? This was a place that they used to uh, wear this belt that was that made noise. It was all around them. It was like a like 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 something to emphasize their hips. What happened there? That place where the belt used to go for those women by the Chorban, Nasa Nikafim Nikafim. They got wounds over there. Who knows from bed sores and other terrible things like that. Let's go on. What else happened to them? The place where it had been solid now was ripped. What was miksha mean? We're going to darshan that. This was a place that they used to put so much emphasis in. Remember, we've learned about this in this parak. The stuff they used to wear on their head, the stuff they used to wear around their head, near their hair, to sort of emphasize their hair and things like that. What happened there? Nasa Krachim, krachim. They had like bald, terrible bald spots. Betachas, psigal, psigil, machgeresuk. So what does psigil mean? That's what does that mean? Is that those psochim? <laughs> okay, psochim avinu deigila. In other words, it used to be they would try to dress in a way with sort of emphasizing uh, the entranceway to the happy place, meaning places where you could sort of see, like where they would dress in a way where the Pesha Erva, uh, where their genitals like were being like emphasized. The Psochem Havin Gila, those places, that Pesha Erva, you and Mechorah Sak, they're not going to be wearing uh, sexy stuff over there. They're going to be wearing sock around that area.
Okay. Kitachas yoifi. What does that mean? They used to be beautiful. And that's what the Gemara says. This is what people say. What do people say? That's what people say. It's a common statement. People, where it used to be beauty, that's where you have pain. And unfortunately, even if it's not Horbin, you know, people say, you know, be careful, you have a beautiful daughter. <laughs> because it's unfortunate that, that that's what happens, you know. Unfortunately, it's a big Yetzirah. Okay. The Pasuk says further about them. It says, V'sipach, it should be, V'sipach Hashem Adonai Kodkoid Benois Tzioin. Aha. So what God is going to do is going to put something on their skulls. God is going to do Sipach. Okay? Sipach is like, it sounds like a Sapachas, like Tzaras. That's what Rabbi Yossi says. Melamed Sheporcha Behen Tzaras. That the, the, the women in the time of the Chorben, they got Tzaras. Yeah? Ksiv Ocha V'sipach. In one Pasuk it says V'sipach. Ksiv Ossam, we know what it says by over there in Parshas Metzairo, and Parshas Sazria, L'seis V'sapachas. Um, then again, this is very difficult to read, the Pasuk Yishai says, what's going to happen to those women? Hashem, what's going to be? Poshein. Their openings, their vaginas, so to speak, Yore. What does that mean? Rabishmu. Chadomar. One says, what does it mean? Shanishbachu kikiton. What's going to happen is the women are going to be suffering from all these type of menstrual and other issues, right? That there's going to be all this ziva and other stuff flowing from them. The Chadomar, what is it going to be? Okay, again, it's it's good that we only have three people here. Shenasu Pischei and Kiyar, that where other they had they used to shave it and it looked sort of beautiful, says Rashi. Nismalusar, that it became all hairy. And nobody would want to have relations with them. It's such a uh, ugly thing for people. Yep. Amrav Yudamarav, Anchu Shavayim. The way the people in Yerushalayim were, they they sort of they were they were big shots. They thought they were great. They spoke in as Rashi right, right they spoke in a very uh, Rashi says medabrim beloshen gaiva. They always spoke like big shots and insulting. We don't hear it so much today anymore. I guess we've learned our lesson. What would someone say? What did you eat today? And uh, did you have pas amela? Did you get amela bread? Right? That was like something that was like really worked on, a real smooth type of bread. And of course, that didn't really mean a smooth type of bread. <laughs> that meant was, you know, what sort of sex did you have? Did you have sex with a, a virgin or not? Or biyayin gurdali, which is a white wine. Let's go to the next page. I got to find it for you. I got to go to uh, Hebrew books. We'll do that. Hi, I'm sorry I didn't have it ready, but I was really, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been uh, busy every minute here. Uh, oh, green book. Why am I doing green book? Hebrew books. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Here's today's doc. Everybody can see it okay? Okay. But Yayan Chardale, in other words, or was it black wine? In other words, the point was, uh, what was the broad that you had? Was she an easy virgin? Was she black or white? Was it where skin looked? Right? Um, then they would say, do you have a massive rachav or a massive katsar? In other words, what sort of bed were you on? Were you on a, 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 a wide one or a short one? In other words, what was the question really? The question was, it was, you know, what was she? Did you get a, did you get one of, did you get a plump one with a lot of flesh on her body? So this was like the shtick, the way they talked. I guess it wasn't as bad as it is today where, you know, people would just be openly, uh, you know, terrible about it. It wasn't like it was today, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the way they talked. And, uh, tov or bachavara. In other words, that meant, didn't mean a friend. It mean, ultimately, you know, how was she? What number did she rate? Was he an eight? Was she a nine? That was what they were asking. Am Reb Chista, v'kuon v'znus. Reb Chista said all those things were about having sex with people who weren't their wives, and, and, and that's why the way the Anshi Yerushalayim used to speak. Am Rech, v'am Reb Yehuda. Atzei Yerushalayim. And here we're going to say something hopefully positive. Uh, the, 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 all the trees near Yerushalayim, shall uh, kinamon hoyo. They were cinnamon. And when people would use those trees that grew there, and you would know the beauty of Yerushalayim was through the smell. Yerushalayim got destroyed. We don't know where those cinnamon trees are. But there is one that's left. Excuse me. There's one left that's almost just like a little barley amount. I know where you can find it. And you can find it. That branch is still there by this Tzimtzasoy Malka. There's still some piece left of what used to be before the Chorban. And again, this shows you what we've, what we've lost. Okay, so now. We talked in the other uh, Mishnah about uh, wearing the wearing the boots and wearing the uh, wearing the armor, but now it's not a boot and armor that really enclose the person. You can see maybe a person wearing it uh, for protection against the elements. Now we're talking about besayif. Now the person's going with a sword, will be keshet, uh, a bow, a tris, a shield, lo Right, we know what that is. That's the um, like a billy club, right? A thing that you beat people up with. Lobaromach, and then you have the spear, and those things. Even though soldiers have them around, If you go out with that, you're chayiv chatas. Rabbi Eliezer said, "You know what? Tachshitin ain't low." Rabbi Eliezer says those are called tachshitin. Even even though he's actually you know he he has the sword uh, you know he, the sword in its um, in its in, in its socket there and he has got the bow on his on his shoulders that's not ichayev chatas that's a tachshit. Chachamim say we don't consider it a tachshit it's negative. Shenemer because let's take a look at what the period we're hoping for. Why? Yeah, they need it now, 
But let's take a look with that Pusik, a Pusik earlier in the Perak and Yeshai, right before the one that we just gave Drushasar. The Pusik says, what's going to happen? This Pusik is quoted by the, by the, by the Christians a lot. What does it say? It says, um, now what's going to happen? That the um, the swords will be turned into uh, plowshares, as they say, and the spears will be turned into uh, things to, to prune uh, elements with. Now, so you're going to have this metal, and you're going to change because there's going to be no use for it anymore. Because there's not going to be any purpose to use swords. So therefore, they say, yes, right now we're living in a period where, isn't that great? They have May Day parades. This, uh, I don't know if they had one this year in Russia. But in the past, of course, they've had all these May Day parades. And uh, they, 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 they would go out there and, 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 and make on the big parades. Here's all our weapons and here's all our tanks. We don't consider that a, we don't consider that a takshit. Because we're hoping for a world that's not going to be a world that's going to have any war. It's going to be a world where those things are going to be thrown out. There's going to be no, the, the idea of violence against each other is not going to happen at all. That's the world of the Mashiach. That's the world we're hoping for, the world that's post-corona. <laughs> There's not going to be these wars anymore. Okay, let's move on. The Beerus, we know what that is. That's the part that... Again, you know my feelings about this. I know a lot of, of you disagree with me about this. And I think that's one of the positive, again, there are very few positive things that I can see coming out of this. But I guess one positive thing is we'll have a normal person hopefully making these command decisions in the country, someone who's got the Seichel Ayosha and someone who could really be a, a real leader. Again, Roosevelt was a big sign of Yisrael. Um, but he was a voice of leadership that was needed at the time of a, a time of difficulty. And, and then we need someone again, without getting into all his Pruskite and Grubkite and stuff like that. We do need someone who, who can help us. Look, Eretz Yisrael is not, again, you guys are here for a sheer and out here for me to, to fulminate about this, but we know Eretz Yisrael is different now, especially look, Eretz Yisrael, they're opening up and here we're still closed down. We need some direction. We need some. We need some. We need some eitzes tevis, um, and and obviously tefillas are going to help. But the Rebbeinu will hopefully send us a a good goyish shliach that can pave the way for Mashiach's time. Uh, if it's tr- uh, maybe it is Trump, I don't know. Uh, it would be very strange to me. Maybe again, he already started some positive things. But okay, next. Beerus Tahira. The Beerus, which is what they use for uh, to keep up their socks, it's like a garter. So first of all, it's Tahira. The way it works, it can't be Makabotuma. It's a cave that doesn't become Tame. And you're able to go out with it on Shabbos. We're not worried about it falling or slipping. But Kvalim are Tame. Kvalim are different than Beerus. We're going to see what those things are. Those are Tame. Okay, so first we want to know, what is that Ola? We know what the other stuff is. What's Ola? Ola is Kufa, right? It's a Kufa, right? Um, and a Kufa, of course, is something that, uh, it's like a billy club. It's got a big, uh, <laughs> at its head, it's got a big thing that you can bop people on the head with. 
Here's a beautiful piece of Gemara. Beautiful piece of Gemara. Tanya, Amr Rebeliezer. This is a Brisa, which is a cousin of our Mishnah. What does the Brisa say? It says, that's what they said. Tachshitin, the Mashiach's time, they shouldn't have, then, then it should still be here. Amr Lehen, you know what? That doesn't mean it's not necessary. In other words, uh, there won't be purpose for it then. And therefore, uh, right, now, but the Gemara says, In other words, you're not going to have to use them, but you got to admit, I mean, it, it definitely it strikes a pose, you know, and there's something there, and let it be like a, why should you be, in other words, why should it be usher to go out on Shabbos with it? Think about it. The, our, our sensibilities are going to change so completely so let's say a, 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 a candle, a candle bitzah bitahira at the at the at the at the strongest moment of light during the day. Would you need a candle burning at such a strong moment? Of course not. So the same way, you're not going to need that. So that's going to be what's going to happen. Um, that's what's going to happen. Be uh, but. Now we're in the darkness, and now we need it. That's what Rebbe Ezra says. In other words, Rebbe Ezra holds that I understand there's going to be a, a period where there isn't isn't going to be necessary, but right now this is a period where there are wars, and when you see a soldier walk in, especially Medina Sisro, you see the guy with his rifle. He's very proud of that, right? <laughs> he's got his rifle. He's got the other elements, right? He's got the akdach. He's got that the holster to him. Uh, it, it makes an impression, not just because he's going to shoot an Arab who's going to try to come in and kill you. There's a sense of pride in a soldier that we have today, and that's what Rebbe Lezer is saying. It, 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 therefore, you're not chay of achatas. What argues on Shmuel? In other words, the, the, obviously, this Bryce says it's going to be no use at all for weaponry by Mashiach. The Amr Shmuel, Shmuel said, no. Ain bein oil mazel yemaisa Mashiach, elashibud go yisbovad. That really, it's going to be very similar. The Rambam, of course, and you can see <laughs> the bays over here. This is the Psaka of the Rambam. The Rambam baskins like Shmuel. And again, we'll say Rambam is a rationalist. And that's the reason why he says that. But he says that really, there's going to be wars, but we are not going to be underneath them. Yeah, we're going to have to fight wars. It's going to be very similar. Again, you know, this gets into a very important issue. What's it going to be like? Shmuel says it's going to be very similar to today, except we won't be under the thumb. We won't have to worry about what America think, what's going on, what about public relations. We're going to be calling the shots. But the rest of the world is still going to be somewhat similar. I, there's still going to be, I guess, battles and fighting and I'd hate to say that, but again, according to Shmuel, it's not this com- pristine, uh, complete, uh, utopian situation. Shinamar, what's his raya? He has a raya from a Pasuk in the Torah. <laughs> what does the Pasuk say? The Pasuk says, it says, Ki dao, So you see, the Torah says, in, in, in Sefer Dvarim, that there's going to always be poor people. 
now, if you're going to tell me an Ebion is someone who's mamish so needy, so you see that's never going to stop. So from there you see Lachaira that, uh, according to this, <laughs> yeah, I never heard that before. Um, I never heard that before. Uh, what Yonatan uh, uh, said. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. I, interesting theories. Again, I, you know, I don't really go in for that, but I, I hear. In other words, Yonatan uh, is saying that the two great Amaroy and Robin Shmuel can be seen in sort of a, a similar context if we look at two great Rishonim, Rav, Rambam, and Rashi. That uh, Shmuel was a scientist, uh, is and uh, was more like a Rambam, and Rashi is more like his, like his, uh, like Rav in that way. Yeah, yeah. Again, there's definitely a parallels, uh, and it's beautiful to find those parallels. Uh, and uh, it's very good, Jonathan. Again, I never thought of it that way. That Rav and Shmuel. I, I don't think it's uh, Ice Guy, but they did different things. I mean, you have to understand the Rambam. You know, every, everybody wants to turn the Rambam into this doctor and, and the scientist, and that's true. He was that, but he was ultimately a Tamachacham. Ultimately, it was about putting in Pesach Halacha. I mean, everybody wants to hijack the Rambam for their own for, for their own needs. And of course, Rashi was doing a different job. Yeah, okay. It's okay, Yonatan. But again, you have to understand they were doing something different. Rashi was writing a running commentary. And it's true, we do see within the cracks what he was about. But, you know, to me, Rashi, uh, again, there, there's a different approach. Uh, when you learn sometimes. And, and, and part of that is that it's almost like their own personal histories um, start, bec- starting, start to become less relevant because it's really all about, you know, uh, what is this Gemara saying and what is it teaching us? And of course, it's going to be colored by where you come from. But ultimately, it's going to be about how you think and, and, and what you're thinking over here. But you're right. The Rambam, I think in this case, which is a philosophical issue, seemed to have sided more as he passes like Shmuel. But we'll see why he passes that way. Maybe he has other proofs, not just because he was uh, tuned uh, to think of the world in a rational way. Aha. In other words, the, 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 the Nevi'im, when they gave their Nevua, that was for the Mashiach's time. In other words, nobody's going to know what that is. So, which means, so that tells you, L'chorah, that Yemosa Mashiach is going to have these miraculous things that are going to happen. Right? In other words, Shmuel disagrees, but the, this, this other shita, the way we explained it, the Yemosa Mashiach is going to be somewhat miraculous. That is like, uh, uh, that is like what Chiyabarabba says. There's another version of what they told Rebbe Yezer. They said, Again, the same question. If you're going to tell me that these, these weapons are called Tachshit, why is there no, no need for them? And if there's no need for them, that shows that even now they really are only just a necessary evil. He says, no. So he says, no. He says that, according to this version, he says they're going to be weapons in Mashiach. I, what about the Pasuk? We'll see in a minute. The of the Shmuel, and that actually aligns with Shmuel. So it's not Shmuel now, according to the Ikah It's Rebbe Le'ez, it's Rebbe Le'ezer himself, right? Rebbe Le'ezer himself agrees, holds like Shmuel. That's be Rebbe Le'ezer, Rebbe Le'ezer, and who are going to Rebbe Kibbe's Rebbe. 
Hainu de Shmuel. And now that argues with Chiyah Barabbah, because Chiyah Barabbah says that the Yemosah Mashiach, what it says in the Nevi'im, is what it says by Yemosah Mashiach. So depends who was talking to who. Some say it was Abaya talking to Rabbi Yosef. Either way, there was a whole discussion to see who was, they tried to explain Rabbi Yosef. My time with the Rebbe Liezer, the Omar Tachshit and Enlo, I understand, you know, you, you, you get a sense of pride when you see the soldier. But is there a, a, a Pusik that can prove that? So they quote a Pusik in Tilim that says, Chagor Charbacha Al Yorech. If you wear the sword on your thigh, Gibor, you soldier that you are, what does that mean? That's your glory that you have it. Hmm. So that's the proof that from David Amelach that a soldier wearing it is glory. Hi, that pasuk is not literal. When we're talking about the soldier, we're talking about what? We're talking about divrei teira. In other words, when you teach Torah. Uh, and you want to bring a proof, basically, you've got to be ready to fight. When the Talmud HaChachamim uh, get involved in learning, they've got to have their sword on their ready. They've got to have their proofs ready. They've got to know where to look things up. And they have to show a certain type of aggressiveness and, and, and finding, the, finding the source. It's not talking about uh, a, a soldier. We're talking about the Hoyd and Hodder of a, a Talmud Chacham that, that was really involved in learning, like Rabbi Yashiv, till he was 100 years old, the type of Machleksim in learning. That's what we're talking about. So Omar Lay, so he told him, um, uh, or Rabbi Yosef told Abaya, or one of them told whoever it was, Rav Kana, sorry, um, Rav Kana told Mar Bere uh, the Ravuna. He says, "A mikra yoitze midei pshuta." Actually, Rav Huna told Rav Kana. He says, "A mikra yoitze midei pshuta." There's a drash, but the pshat is also true. Yeah, there's a drash, but if David Amelech wrote it for us to look at the marshal, the marshal must be true. The nimsha was a talmachacham, but the marshal must be true as well. Am Rav Kana, Karavina Bartam Nesari Shnin. He says, I was, he says, basically, um, that, uh, he says, when I was 18 years old, and he went through all the six storm of the Mishnah. He had gone through Shas by 18. But I still love Yadana Den Mikri I never really understood that because I figured there are certain psukim that don't mean what they mean. In other words, you could learn Shas and, and get a Talmudic mindset that's, like I say before, no rhetorical flourishes. There's, this word is extra. There's obviously another meaning here. So you, you go through Shas and you go through all the Joshua's Chazal, you almost don't look at the Torah anymore with the normal glasses. <laughs> you look at the Torah the way Alamdin looks at it, and everything is a diuk and a, and, 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 and a chidush and alocha, especially since the original Mishnayas were built on the Pesukim. But now you're telling me a Kiddush, Ad Ashta, that you still got to wear in Pashib Shat. So what do you see? What do you see from there? You see, the Ligmarinish Fahar Lisbar. That basically, 
what you're supposed to do, learn. Learn, and then you'll eventually you'll figure stuff out. I say the same thing to you. People think that we go uh, uh, too quick and dafiyami. You just have to understand. Okay? So you'll figure it out later. We will get to, we will get to an understanding of it at a different time. If you have, the Baruch Hashem, that they're asking questions, each one. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I like what's going on. You don't take a Chavrusa that you can roll over. Each one sharpens the other. Each one is a perfect pit for the other. God says, I like that. Right? As the Pesach says in Tilim, Vahadros Chatzvach. What does it mean that your beauty is successful? When you sharpen yourself, that's when you're successful. So try to take a chavrusa that's a challenge to you, and you work it out. Not only will you be matzliach in your learning, because that pasuk says what? Tzalach. And then it says more than tzlach. Not only will they be successful in their learning and what they're trying to do, they're going to be what? Rachav. They're going to get like a, a chariot. They're going to get the chariot, the fancy chariot that kings get. I might say that even if their learning is Leilushma. They just enjoy it because it's a good intellectual exercise. They're doing it just to get sharp, to be considered smart, and for people to call them great. Or they're just doing it to win the intellectual battle. Talmud Leymar, again, that same Pusik says, it says what? Al-Dvar Emes. It's because you're trying to reach the truth. And to reach the truth, you sometimes need to have a sharp Chavrusa that gets you to think in a truthful way. I might think that if a guy's about Gaiva, it should be the same thing. That he's gonna get what? He's gonna be get atzlocha and and, and 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 right? What does the Pasik say? Va'an vatzedik. That it's about being an onav. And if this is the way you learn, you get a gstar chavrusa, figure stuff out, what happens? You'll get the Torah. Shenemar. What does it say? The Pasuk again. At the end of that Pasuk says, V'sorcha, which is Torah, Neiroos Yeminecha. Meaning, you're going to have the essence of Torah that was given from the right hand of Hashem. So that's what you get. This is the, uh, 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 the, this is the Pasuk in, in Tehillim that you see. Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchok Omar, he says, what do you see from that tells you that you're going to get the things that were said by the right side of Torah. What's the right side of Torah? We say this, of course, at every siyam. What does that mean? So there's Eirach Yomim in the right side of Teirah, right? So what do you think? On the right side of Teirah, 
Let's read it again. Does that mean the left aspects of Torah, you don't get you're just going to get Arichas Yomim? So, like, like, like there's, 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 it's either or choice. That doesn't sound right. So what does it mean, Ella? The people who work on it, the ones who try to figure out what it means, that it's like a person who uses his right hand because that's so important. The Mimainimba, if you, uh, again, let's read it again. So what does it mean? If you work on it with your right hand, you're going to get and for sure you're going to get wealth and covet as well. But the people, right? The people who don't work on Torah the more as, as much as they need to, but they only work Torah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm using my left hand. Yeah, okay. I'm sitting on the couch. I'm drinking the Slurpee. I'm having a good time. Okay, give me the art scroll. Yeah, listen, I, I don't have time. So to that person, he is learning. Let's give him his his, his props. but He's not going to have Okay. Um, which is incredible. He's going to get something, but the Swiss of Yom he doesn't get. We talked about them fighting and learning for the sake of figuring stuff out. But now we have something else. These are people that they basically learn Torah, but they understand, oh, what do you want to say? Or what do you say? They're not just waiting for the other guy to stop talking for them to attack. They actually respect what the other person is saying, and they try to maybe alter their ideas. HaKadosh Baruch Hu HaKadosh Baruch Hu is listening. He says, hey, I like that. You're modeling great behavior, Shanamar. What does the Pesach say? Pesach in Malachi, Oz Nidbaru, Yerei Hashem. That when the Yerei Hashem, the people who have respect for each other, is Tamida Chachamim, what happens? Hashem listens. That's what happens. Ein dibur elanachas. How do you know nidabru means you're speaking in a soft way? Shenemar yad beramim tachtenu. Of course, that means to uh, to conquer someone. But you see that the person feels uh, submissive to the other one. So nidabru yirei Hashem means no, you talk. I'm submissive to you. No, you talk. I'll be submissive to you. The end of the Pasik says, um, it says, um, um, at the end of that Pasik Melochi, it says, shmo. What does shmo mean? Amaravami. shmo means HaKadosh Baruch listens and gives respect and whatever to what? Even if you're somebody who you want to do a mitzvah, you plan, you weren't able to do it, when it comes to Klal Yisrael, and you were, you're and I guess, you know, this is something which a lot of people have talked about in terms of Corona, that we want to go to Shul, we want to be Makai mitzvahs, we want to do all the mitzvahs properly, HaKadosh Baruch will somehow uh, give us that schus as if we've done it. We need to know about this. That if somebody does mitzvahs the way they were given, HaKadosh Baruch was not going to, we're not going to hear bad things. If you do the mitzvah right, 
You're not going to hear those You're not going to hear those things about you and your people that are close to you. Wow. If a person does the mitzvahs properly, even a Kaddish Baruch Hu is already putting Zaira in that you're supposed to get sick or ill or whatever it is, you're, that Zaira can be stopped. Shenemar, what does the Pesach say in Kaheles? It says, the Basher Dvar Melech Shiltoim. Right? It sounds like God is in control. Umi Yoy Matase. That sounds like God has already put in his gzeira against this, against this negative for this person. But right after that, right after that, it says, In other words, you think that it's going to be God and nothing can stop God. But if a person is shamer mitzvah keroi, incredible gemara here, you have, you can stave off even something that's already been written as gzeira against you, doing the mitzvahs properly and understanding how you're supposed to do it, a Baruch will protect us from it. I'm Rav Avram Shimon Lokish. Shnei tamin hakom makshivim zevazeb alocho ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu shamei lekailan. Kadosh Baruch Hu is listening to their voices. Yeah. Right. Um, Shenemar. Right. Pasuk in Shira Shirim. Hayoshevez baganim chaver makshivim lekailei chashmiyeni. So the Ganim, those are the Bate Medrash. And of course, uh, the Chaveirim are the Tamini Chachamim. And HaKadosh Baruch, of course, is the great lover of Klal Yisrael. So Hashmiyeni, you see. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is listening. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is responding. And, and, and that's what it is. If, if, if you sit in the base Medrash, you learn properly. HaKadosh Baruch Hu listens to their call when they daven. So it's not just um, when they're learning, he loves it. Those people who, who have their storm in the base medrash, they're davening, it means more. They're, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu listens to that call more. If they could learn and they don't, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nebuch is, is, is far from us. Shenemar, the Pesach, right after, and Shir Hashirim says, Barach doidi. What does it mean, Barach doidi? God runs away. Let's say you have two Tamidachachamim. They say, hey, let's make a bigger group. You know what? Yeah, you're learning here, I'm learning there. Let's learn together. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves that. Shenemar, what does the Pesach say in Shira Shirim? It's like, come join the flag. Let's all come together and rally around. In other words, that's talking about that when they learn, they know what they're talking about. At least they're not just Tom sitting there, you know, wasting time. They understand what the sugi had been. And who the Wesley Rabbamasa. When does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say, oh, just get together with who's ever here? That's if there's not another Rebbe. But if there's a Rebbe in town, and maybe he's available only on Zoom, but he's still there, there's a Rebbe in town, that's even better. They, they'll get more from the Rebbe, who obviously has more knowledge. But if they have a Rebbe, they should go to the Rebbe to learn. Uh, 
In other words, basically, a person uh, who lends money, as we know, is better than someone who just gives a handout. If you lend money, you're giving the person dignity. Right? But let's say uh, you actually give the Ani money and say, hey, work for me. In other words, maybe I can send you out in a job and you can go down the river and bring back stuff. That's the best way to do with Sedek with someone. That you actually give him a parnosa, a sense that he isn't lending the money when you don't know when he's going to pay back. Okay, so for the five minutes or the hour, for the couple of days, he thinks, oh, I, I borrowed money. I didn't get a handout. But probably the guy giving him the money knows there's not much chance he's going to pay back on time. But matil bikis, if you're able to be matil bikis, that's the best. Try to figure out a way. The human, think about people not just as needy. Think about their gifts. Think about what they can do. And there are people who, who don't have Nebuchadnezzar, but oh, that poor guy, I need to help him. No, think about the person like a person, think about his strengths of what he can do, and maybe help him have a job with you. And and maybe he could do that job of schlepping out down the road and bringing, you know, and selling the stuff at the profit and bringing it back, and then you could give him a percentage. And this way, that's the best way to, to preserve his dignity. I'm Rav Abram Shimon Lokish. Im Talmud Chocham Neikem V'neiter Kenochashu Chagreu Almas Necham Sometimes we have Tamina Chachamim that are very sharp. And uh, you say, I don't. I, I want to stay away from that guy. Uh, we all know examples of people that sometimes uh, reveal themselves in such a way. And uh, you have to realize that Rav Shimon Lokish felt if you, sometimes that's what happens when you Atamachacham uh, is sometimes not so sensitive to things, and realize that that. Talmud Chocham, despite the fact that he's very sharp and he really knows how to you know, put people in their place sometimes in Torah, and what you should do is have him on your hips, meaning that's the guy you want to get something from because, yeah, you might get a little bit of an insult, but eventually you're going to learn a lot. I was like to have many uh, people in my life that were similar in that way, that they had a rough exterior, but it was worth getting close to them, because there was so much you can learn from them in terms of the Messiah. If, um, um, if he's an Amaoretz, so, even though he's a Chassid, look at him, he's so from, but he doesn't know how to learn. But look, he davens a long time, he seems to be such a Tzaddik, yeah, you know what, you're not going to get tired from him. Al Tidor because he doesn't really know. So even though he seems to do the mitzvahs properly, he doesn't have the idea to do them properly. So therefore, Amaretz can't be a chosid. Today, this thing is difficult because even people who are can look in a sefer, can look in a book and get what they need. But um, in the time of Chazal, you have someone who, I'm from, but do you really know how to take Meister? Do you know how to take Truma? Do you know how to be medactic and matzah? Or what's the halacha if I count Omer this way or that way? He has no idea. So really, that's not what we want. We want the complete picture. Amr of Khan, Amr of Shimon Lokish, Amr of Amr of Asi, Amr of Shlokish, Amr of Abba, Amr of Shimon Lokish. 
Beisoy, not like our dog, right? Not like your dog, Yonatan, either. You've got a Kelavra in your house. Why? Because when Aniyim come, Shanemar, what happens? Just go to the next page and we're going to end very soon. Shanemar, Lamas, Lamereyu, Chosed. Which means what? That when you have a dog, it stops having chesed to your person. Why? Shekain Beloshin Yevonis, Kyron Lekelev in Greek, the Greek word, I don't know if this is true, but the Greek word for dog is Lamos. And therefore, having that dog, because the dog barks whenever the Meshulach comes, everyone's afraid of him. So that's a way not to have chesed. If your dog isn't like that, I don't think Frosty is like that. I know Dolly is not like that. And therefore, no one's going to be scared of Dolly anyway. Moshe knows that people have seen Dolly. <laughs> You're not going to be scared of her anyway. So I'll go but him. Don't worry about that. But having a big dog, a scary dog, uh, really takes away from, especially if it's a Kelavra. That's obviously a dog that you, you like it as a, as a watchdog, but that is not a good thing to have in terms of stalker. Rachem Bar Yitzchel having that dog, what will happen? Because what does the Pesach say? It says, Why? Because basically you become convinced that what's going to save you is the dog. <laughs> right? That's what it, right? Why is it the year of Shamayim? Because, yeah, yeah, you know, you get into your dog, your dog protects you. You have to realize the one, the thing that protects us the most, you want, it's good to have a guard dog, but the thing that is the most protective thing, of course, is the Rebbeinu Shalom himself. I'll just do one last thing here. There was a woman who came into a house in order to, buy, to, in order to bake something. What happened as she was baking? So maybe she was a, a baker that he had hired, a maid, and what happened? A dog started barking. <laughs> um, yeah. So when the dog when the dog started barking, what happened? Nebuch. What happened was she was pregnant. Is akar vlodo. So she had she started to have a miscarriage. Omrway mar debesa. The owner said, Don't be scared. You know why? He, he might bark, but I went and I, I, I took care of his teeth already. And, and you know what? I did? In, in his claws, I, 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 I narrowed down. He can't really bite and hurt you. So what did she say, Nebuchadnezzar? She was having her miscarriage. She said, In other words, you tell me now? Because you know what happened already? I already feel that the baby is going to start moving and I feel like I maybe have lost the baby because of that. So you see that because of that, it's probably not worthwhile uh, to have like a real a dog that barks. And if you do get a dog, you need to train the dog and it's worth putting the money in that they shouldn't bark terribly on people because again, there is a, a sharpness and a shockness that could happen. I know, look, dogs have helped me a lot through the uh, through this difficult period, just to have the nacham of someone that lets me pet them, so that's something good. But avapikain, it's something which, as Chazal are telling you, uh, you have to be you have to be careful and realize. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.